16, 19, 32, 34, 57, and 13. None of us. None of us got it at all. We're talking Powerball beyond Powerball. $900 million, and none of us were writing a big fat check into the offering plate this morning. <laughs> nope, none of us. Not, not one. And now, going to be $1.3 billion. Oh, doesn't it just excite you? Doesn't it send adrenaline coursing through your veins? There's this holy side of your body that's going, I would so tithe. Thank you, God, you have blessed me. It is so easy for me to give $100.3 million to church. That would just be, I, I, would, I could do that for you, Jesus. I, I could do that. I know there's some taxes that go out, 25% to federal, 4% to state. Uh, if you haven't looked this up, you're way behind the curve. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, once the money comes out, all paid out, uh, I don't remember the total figure, somewhere in the uh, 500 million range with the 1.3, I've already done a few of the figures, just for your sakes. <laughs> How much time? How much energy? How much effort did you put into the last week going, don't, I didn't get a ticket, I got to make sure and get a ticket. I, gotta, I, gotta, I don't normally drive that way, but I got to drive that way. Oh, look, I need gas. Huh, might as well stop and get gas. <laughs> well, since I'm here, it's just $2. $3 if you get the power play added to it, so double it in case you don't win with the Powerball number. I, I'm just saying, I know, I know where you're coming from. Cinda was traveling, my wife uh, traveling out of state this week. She, she, she's like, how do I do this Powerball thing? I was like, what? I was like, what state are you in? Because she was traveling from a couple different states. And uh, she said, why does it matter what state I'm in? And I said, well, if you're in the Kansas side of Kansas City, we're good because you can remain anonymous. But if you're on the Missouri side, they make you say it. And this is not good for Pastor Dyer's name in lights <laughs> with $900 million. Because I got a sermon this Sunday to talk about the resources we have. And if we win this thing and then everybody knows it, that sermon is out the window. Well, why don't you just pay for it? Well, why don't you just tithe? My guess is, is it's consumed us a little bit. And if it's not us, it's probably our neighbors and it's probably our coworkers. And if it's not just money that we're talking about, we talk about the whole gamut of resources that God has given to us. And in the sermon series, we're talking about God coming in and blowing everything up, turning the tables upside down. Because that's what God does. What God does is he says, I've got a plan for you, and let me tell you, it's a much better plan than what you've got in mind. And that includes how to spend your money, how to spend your time, how to spend your abilities towards one goal and one goal only. And that is the furthering of God's kingdom. And let me just tell you, there's over 300 Bible verses in all of Scripture that talk about you and money because God knows this is at the core of you. This is at the heart of where you're at. It has been ever since the nation of Israel was picked out. They said, well, yeah, great, God's on our side, but what do we get out of this? <laughs> A little bit of protection, yeah. Well, we want blessing upon blessing. I mean, we've been in Egypt where we've been slaves. And so they get out into the wilderness and all of a sudden God goes, hey, I'm going to provide for you each and every day. I'm going to make sure there's enough quail so you got meat. I'm going to make sure you got manna, which is enough bread. And I'm going to put that out there each and every day. I'll tell you, all you do, go gather it up enough for the day. On Saturdays, because well, Friday's Sabbath is Saturday. I don't want you to, to work that day. I want you to gather two days worth and it doesn't spoil. 
And the people that tried to keep it longer than a day, because they thought, well, what if the man and the quail don't come tomorrow? It's spoiled. And God taught them over and over and over. I have enough for you today. Remember how upset Jesus was when he walked into the temple early on in his ministry? And the money changers were making money hand over fist. They were charging more than what a dove was worth for sacrifice. See, God's people were already being obedient. Hey, I want you to come to the temple. I want you to sacrifice a dove if you've sinned X, Y, Z. And the people said, okay. And the money changers were going, well, they're kind of being obedient to God. I bet we can make a few extra bucks because they really feel guilty. And Jesus came in and he flipped the tables on their side. He said, do not make this house of prayer of worship a place, a den of thieves and robbers. Don't steal from God, basically, is what Jesus was saying. Interesting, isn't it? Don't steal from God? We've probably never thought of it that way. My guess is you've never thought of that when we don't give God our first fruits that we're stealing from him. I, I don't mean just with our wallets, our checkbooks. I mean with our time, our abilities. Think about it. God has uniquely blessed you with a certain amount of skill and probably a certain area or certain two or three areas. Are you actually using that area to bring God's name, honor, and glory? Or are you selfishly doing whatever you want to do? Because let's be honest. How many of you are actually using the degree that you got in college for your current employment. How many of you are actually doing it? Okay, so look around. There's like, hmm, I'm gonna go strong 15% of you. The rest of us, right? We went to college to be a camp director. <laughs> you don't think there's a degree for that? <laughs> Come talk to me afterwards. I am not a camp director. I feel like it sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not a camp director. My point is this, God, I believe, has a plan. And even our best own laid plans, God sometimes takes the table, throws it up and goes, now do I have your attention? And now that I have your attention, I want to know, are you willing to build the kingdom of God with me? You heard me right. The reason you are on this earth is not so that your name is put in lights. It is not so that you can have five children, ten children, fifteen grandchildren, multiple great-grandchildren. It is not so that your name and your progeny are the people, well, how many pews does your family take up? Right? This is not the goal. The goal is not to have a great big huge 401k. The goal is not to get promotion after promotion after promotion. The goal is how do my time, talents, and treasures bring honor and glory to God? And I'll tell you, it, I've learned in my own life that if you start to use your time, your talent, and treasures in any other area, in any other direction, the world may say you're successful. Let's be honest, right? We are hacked off at unbelievers that have an ungodly amount of money. 
God, do you know what you could do in your kingdom if you would just put $1.3 billion in Pastor Dyer's account? Only I, I'm just taking, it's just a sermon, right? I would not really pray that. But there's the problem. We think we know how to tell God what to do with our time, our talents, and our treasures. If you didn't hear it, listen to it again. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. It takes time and energy to protect what you have, doesn't it? Maintenance fees, insurance fees, cleaning, storing. Oh my gosh, the market. It dropped like 400 points this week. Holy cow, life is over. Jesus must be coming back. <laughs> Apocalypse is upon us. Good thing I've been watching Walking Dead all episodes because now I know how to defend ourselves and our family. <laughs> no one can serve two masters. Either they will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Can Christians be rich according to the world's standard? Heck yeah! Absolutely! And sometimes God chooses to do that. Owners of business, or, 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 or there's, there's payoffs, or, or they do invest well. They utilize the skills, the gifts, the talents that God has given them, and they, and they do. They produce great amounts of wealth, and we rely on that generosity. Absolutely! The world does. Why do you, how do you think hospitals were created in the early years of our nation? But by the generosity of believers that said, hey, there needs to be a place where doctors can perform great things. How do you think churches have been able to spread the word of God, but not by the generosity of the members of that church? There's a church down in Texas I was sharing with one of the staff this week. A church down in Texas who uh, their sole goal, that the pastor had been riddled with debt most of his life. He'd gotten out of debt with some generosity, giving by some private individuals. Made it, uh, it, just spent time in prayer. God laid it on his heart said, I want you to create a church that ministers to people in debt. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a big wide range of people. <laughs> And he said, no, basically through that time, they began to narrow it down. It was mortgages. That was a thing that they did. This church right now, I think they spend about a million dollars on staff. Uh, they give away almost $50 million a year to pay off mortgages. And you know what happens? They, they, they require that the congregation members, that it's a lottery kind of system. I mean, not everyone gets their mortgage paid off, but each and year you put your name in, and if it happens, you have to go through a class, and they teach you finance, and they teach you now, what does it mean that you no longer make a mortgage payment? What do you plan to do with it that brings honor and glory to God? You know what? They don't have a problem with giving to meet budget. Like I said, they spend about a million, they give away 50 Average household income in Monument is $98,000. 10% is $9,800. We have roughly 400 households. 400 households times 9,000, because it's easier for me to do the math. $3.6 million. 
our budget's 1.2, we wouldn't have a problem meeting budget if people would simply stop stealing from God. And, and I know that that's a challenge. I absolutely know it. My parents came to faith late in life. They were in their mid-30s. They were taught about tithing at that point. My dad said, and still says to this day, for the first 35 years of his life, he struggled forever until he finally gave God 10%. And he has never worried a day since. Never. How about our talents? Our business manager, Jerry Hager. Jerry is 70, I think he's 73 years old. Jerry's a retired Fulberg colonel from the U.S. Air Force, 27 years. Been around, seen it, done it, led it. After he retired from the Air Force, he went to work in industry here in the Colorado Springs area, and for 15 years, for 15 years, he ran Honeywell Corporation, 2,000 employees here, headquarters. After about 15 years, he retired. The pastor before me said, hey, Jerry, I heard that you're retired. If you've got a couple extra hours each week, could you come in, sign some checks, kind of help us with the budget, figure out if we're on track, blah, blah, blah. This is about 12 years ago. Jerry said, sure, I'll come in. Now, Jerry is here more than 40 hours a week, volunteering every hour. And in our new member class that I started doing, I started having the staff share their testimony. And if you've been to that new member class, you know that Jerry's testimony goes something like this. I was in the military for 27 years, industry for 15 years. I've been to 18 home congregations. This church is by far the best church I've ever been a member of. And I want you to know something. This job that I've been doing now for 12 years is what I was meant to do and everything else led up to this. That is a man that gets that his talents in business acumen and budgets and being able to think through the process and vet vendors and say, Pastor Dyer, what do we do? This is how I think it needs to be done. And help me with personnel decisions and on and on. That is a man that takes his past, his upbringing, his experiences, his vast wealth of knowledge and says, God, use it. And it gets used. His talents are incredible. Time. Oh, you think I'm not going to go here. Scripture. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today, tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of, you of little faith? And how about the birds of the air? They eat food each and every day. They don't store up in barns. So why is it that we spend so many hours earning the paycheck? Well, it's required. Okay, I get it. But then why do we spend extra hours? Well, it's for a little bit more paycheck. And then why do we spend more hours? Well, it's for a little more paycheck. And, and we're not content with what God has given us monetarily. And so our time gets eaten up. 
Or we look at our kids' resume and we say, well, I'm doing pretty well, pretty good. If we build our kids' resume up, right, if, if they can get them into soccer practice and this club and that club, and if we can take them over here until they can drive, and then they can drive on their own, and then we help them build all this. Is it any wonder they get to college and they go, man, I am really stressed out. This living on my own and making decisions is a really tough thing. And we're like, well, now you know what life is all about. And so what do they believe life is all about? that you spend every freaking waking hour working. I don't have time to volunteer. Yes, you do. You have the same 24 hours I do. You choose to spend your hours doing other things. We all make choices. The birds of the air... Yep, going to go grab some worms today. What else is their job? Sing praise to God. Yep. I'm still trying to figure out what the crow's job is because <laughs> getting in my trash can does not seem to honor God because there are words that come from my mouth that are not <laughs> always God-pleasing. Flowers of the field. I'm worried for you. i got to be honest. I'm worried. We have walked so long to the cadence of this world that I believe we have forgotten that the countercultural cadence of kingdom living is actually very much peaceful. And there's plenty of time. I sat with one of our members this week. who's been fighting the good fight for nearly eight years. And he's tired. He says, I just want more time. <clears throat> I believe that the time that God has placed us on this earth has been given to us not so that we can do our own thing, but to bring his name, honor, and glory. That's what scripture clearly says. And we're so selfish. We have neighbors around us that are never engaged with a conversation, never shown love, never offered forgiveness. Because we're so selfish. cannot serve two masters. You'll either be devoted to one and hate the other. Or hate the one and be devoted to the other. Friends in Christ, I hope when you wake up in the mornings you see the cross of Jesus Christ empty. Because in that emptiness it means that death and the grave has been won. It has been conquered. There's probably not a single person in here that wonders, I wonder if, my, if there will be clothes in my closet this morning. There probably are. There's probably not a single person here that will wonder if there might be some food left over in a refrigerator or in the pantry. There probably is. 
And yet we wake up fretting and fearful each and every day, it seems, with all of the many things that are set before me, instead of looking at that empty cross and going, you know what I've been given today? Life. And I don't mean a sentence. I mean John 10, 10 life. Life to the full. A life that says, I know the end. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear Satan. I don't have to fear hell. Which means, I don't have to worry about my bank account. And I don't have to worry about it. God, you're in front of me. Now, help me walk, run, sprint, whatever. Sit next to somebody. Pray with somebody. Offer up grace to somebody. Anybody. Yeah, is it radical? Shouldn't be, but it is. Every once in a while, we need a wake-up call, Christians. A wake-up call that says God's ideal for you is to live in his blessing. He simply asks for the first fruits of it first. For those who seek first his kingdom, everything else is given. Amen. And now may this word of the Lord strengthen